Okay, how was that? Please tell me that you learned a lot. You got amazing insights, so many new opportunities to get involved in the sport, and that you're super excited to hear our next episode. In the meantime, I really advise you to follow us on Instagram, check us on LinkedIn, and of course, don't forget to check out our catalog of horses for sale. If you're a seller, you want to sell horses, you want to get involved in the marketing of your horses to the international pool of clients that we have, or that you're a buyer looking for a very nice prospect, you've got very specific needs, you want things to be done the right way, well, get in touch with us at hello at bridal.co. Have a good evening. See you soon. Ciao. So maybe I think that the best way to start this could be to, to talk a little bit about, about Stalindrix. You guys are known worldwide, I, I should I shall like to admit. Um, you guys have done a lot of great stuff and it's, it's from my belief, a multi-generational family business. So can you tell us a little bit about how everything started and how kind of everything is going and just the overview really? So how long do we have? Ah, uh, <laughs> you can take <laughs> as long as you want. Well, no, it's uh, I will uh, for sure um, uh, make a little short version of it because, of course, uh, it's a long story uh, if you start with the with, with the beginning of the where, where the family business started. Um, my grandpa basically bought the farm uh, in Barlow, which is the place where I'm based at, which is the old place we call it. It's the first place where Star Hendricks actually started to. Uh, built build out the company um, uh, from there at, at one point uh, uh, we had uh, at the beginning two riders my uncle was doing the business my father was doing the riding um, at one point it actually uh, got also more interest for training and my dad Emil started doing that a little bit uh, and from that point on we built another place where we did training um, that was basically for people who would come abroad uh, and uh, base with the horses. Uh, we would uh, help them uh, uh, with the development uh, in, the, in the sport, uh, up until the top sport. Uh, that was basically my dad. Michel and me in that time was not really in the picture yet. We were riding a bit, uh, for sure, doing ponies, doing horses, but also doing school. Um, at one point, uh, it basically was that the time was ready that we were going to be more riding at home and coming into the company and then it actually started to get a little too small uh, at the place in Barlow at the yard in Barlow so then uh, we changed it completely to uh, divide it up in two places so my dad and me basically stayed on the old place in Barlow and my uncle and my cousin Michel uh, they went to the other place which we actually built for uh, the training people um, so that's how it actually went in the first place and uh, it ended up now to be three properties because the breeding program also really grew and got bigger and bigger so it got actually too small again in uh, Castle at the second place where now Paul is based with Chanu, my cousin uh, and she is doing uh, mainly the management together with her father over the whole breeding program. And Michel built another place where he has a sports stable for uh, him with two extra riders. Uh, and uh, basically a bit the same as what I have over here. Uh, developing young ones up into three, four star level. 
and um, yeah, and, and and that's so that's now existing. Star Hendrix is now existing from three uh, properties, and um, yeah, it grew through through the years. It was funny la last uh, Monday we actually had a, a celebration with the staff because we had some employees which were here already 25 years, uh, even longer. Uh, and we ended up with uh, with being there around 50, 60 people staff. So I mean, it's, uh, it's, cool. it's yeah, it's grew a lot. And uh, my facility in Balo, I uh, run together with uh, my girlfriend Oda, uh, and I also have the opportunity uh, 20 stables for rent. So people uh, who want to come and train with us are welcome. And uh, at the moment, it's full. Uh, we have uh, five uh, different people from five different nationalities, and um, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, we yeah, we really have a have a busy running uh, company at the moment, and uh, yeah, we like it. Right now. So uh, yeah, that's awesome. That yeah, that's super. That's super good. I feel like the the structure itself is super interesting because, like as you say, you have your cousin taking care of the marketing. So once I'm I'm involved in this, like if I want to schedule this podcast, I talk to one, and then I talk to the other. Like you guys all have very very defined roles and responsibilities, and I think that this is what makes it also very mm. successful. I think that the difference between the top stables, the top mm. breeding programs, and the ones that are smaller is the business that is behind it. A lot of people don't manage their business correctly. And I think that one one thing that you guys seem to be doing really well is is that so that's 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 really really cool. And yeah. um, so now so now you guys are mainly doing like training, breeding, sales. Like how is kind of everything structured? And also, how many horses do you have your hands on? Because that's a lot. Uh, actually, the amount of horses at the moment, I I oh, I, I really have to guess. Uh, I mean, uh, I focus a lot uh, on the on the place here, of course. And I know that uh, my cousin and me have around 50 horses uh, uh, under our care, which are divided over the two different places. Uh, my uncle and my dad, of course, they have a big group of horses still, um, but uh, also divided up. Some horses are with me, some horses are with my cousin. Um, but so basically we work from three different properties, but we own all the horses together. Um, and... Um, yeah, like like you said, we we like to have different different uh, assets in the in the company. Uh, it's putting people in the right place. Uh, we have a meeting every Monday with with uh, my uncle, my dad, my cousin, and uh, and Janu, my uh, also cousin. And uh, that that really is important for us to keep uh, track of everything. I mean, Paul really runs the breeding program. I think he has every year around a hundred foals, uh, plus minus. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that is something what is hard for me. I think at, at the moment, uh, we, in total, we must have over 500 horses minimum. Like, uh, wow. for, sure, for sure, it's probably a bit more. But, uh, like, with breeding mares included, uh, we have some breeding, like, we have some st approved stallions, which are older, which are still also part of it. So, uh, but, yeah, the good thing is everyone is, is, is uh, for sure, having, having their job, having, having their own thing to do inside the company. Uh, is also why I choose to uh, really put my riding on the on the on the side. Um, I, I really wanted to focus on doing the training with the people who are here, doing the training for my two riders, uh, really scouting for the good young horses. Uh, also, be able to go and visit the clients. You know, do the after sale. You know, once when you sell a horse, also be there for the people and 
really be interested and go and watch uh, in America, in California, in Florida, uh, but also in other countries. I mean, we, we do uh, we, we do a lot with different countries, but I think it's very important to, to be able to do those things. And to be able to do those things, you also have to make choices. And that's why I also decided like, okay, uh, I love the sport, I love riding, but I also uh, really uh, have an ambition to help people uh, getting further in the sport and I have two good riders at the moment here and that's what makes it also possible for me uh, to do all those other things so uh, that's exciting and I think that's a little bit uh, how, how it should be for my feeling. Yeah, no, that's that's super interesting. I feel like you guys have a very strong focus on doing things well and it's very, very interesting and you seem to have a, a very international reach when it comes to you know the the breeding side is one thing but then the horses kind of get exported all over the world when they're sold and you have different nationalities training with you and all what would you say about the the Hendrix brand in terms of like internationalization do you have do you have horses all over the world already like how do how is that structured yeah well of course uh, there's horses all over the world uh, you, you, wherever you go uh, there's a big possibility that we we see a horse popping up what what eventually came from us um, for sure also in the breeding program now all the the horses uh, the foals what are born they get the brand hx behind their name so hopefully in the future that will even uh, build out a bit and that we will see more hx horses on the uh, on the shows um uh, for, for us to put ourselves out in the market also outside of holland i mean uh, we have some people we have some good riders what we what we know uh, what we like to put horses with uh, we have a very good partner in america emil spadone where we own a lot of horses with together uh, we send them over there they get sold over there they are in the florida market um, in the american market i mean yeah there's there's possibilities for us over there also um, for example, now uh, we have a, a proof stallion together, uh, or we have it standing by uh, Giampiero Garavallo, and it's doing really well, Gaspar. Uh, you know, those are opportunities for us also to show our horses a little bit outside of uh, only the market here in Holland. Um, also, so we can really focus on producing them and really get them ready for the international market because we buy them relatively young, or we or uh, they are bred here. Uh, and then it's, uh, I think it's a very important phase for the young ones to be developed, and then around six, seven, or eight years old that they get uh, that they get sold, and and go to the right place because that's also an important thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of a lot of it comes down to to how everything is structured from the start, how you guys manage the production of the horses. But as you say, like for example, the the stallion you have with Giampiero. That's also an outstanding piece of marketing that comes to it because people, like when they buy horses, they buy because they trust. Yeah. And especially with a rider like, like him, he's, he's a fantastic rider. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's, that's also an interesting piece of, of the strategy. And do you, so do you have different types of, of riders for different stages of the horse's production or do you set, tend to send the horses early on to one rider that produces them along their career? No, um so for the breeding program, I can uh, speak uh, only from, from Paul's side, but I'm not so involved with, but I know that he sends them out to Poland to basically do their first steps under the saddle and do their first jumps under the saddle, which is at two, two different addresses, which are really good. I mean, you have them uh, in good care over there. Uh, they are uh, away from you, so you don't have always your eye on it. So you don't always see the good and the bad. You just basically forget them for a little while. And then at one point when they are ready, they will say like, okay, they're coming down. Um, 
yeah, for the rest, I think the riders here at home, we have for sure uh, different uh, kind of riders. Uh, I mean, uh, Michel, for sure, he's, uh, he's a tall uh, guy and he can for sure ride a bigger horse. And uh, uh, like with blood, he likes blood mainly. Every rider likes the horse, what has uh, the blood and the quality and the go uh, to, to be a real, real, real superstar. Uh, but okay, they, these are also very rare. So I think um, developing horses in every kind of way uh, and putting them in the right place where they belong. So uh, the level where they belong, that's the most important. And whenever that's with, uh, with my cousin Michel or with Guy Riosa or with Peter Keuner, or with Oda Sholoko Lingva, my girlfriend. I mean, yeah, they are uh, for sure all different riders, but uh, we can all give them the right uh, horse to produce. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, that's, that's super interesting. That's super interesting. And how would you say, like, um, what has been so far, like, one of your favorite partnerships, like, one very, very, very successful story where the rider took on the horse and produced it to the top level? Do you have any, any favorite horses so far, like, any big reference? Well, I, yeah, I, I think ask there's difficult questions. I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. But there's many examples. But yeah, uh, I, I probably do uh, don't do right for not calling up some. But I mean, the the partnerships what we had with Laura Kraut and with Ian Miller, uh, and also, for example, Bat Underhill, and uh, there's there's plenty, plenty of 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 uh, good riders in the top sport which I call up which bought horses or got horses what were developed from here and made a step into the top sport. And if it's with Laura or Ian or now also with, with Giampiero, I mean, these are all things that we are also very proud of that we can, with those kind of uh, top riders, uh, show our horses. And of course, that's also the best uh, marketing for us if horses uh, go in the stop spot. Uh, same example is, and I completely forgot, uh, uh, Leona Jai now with Martin Fuchs. I mean, that's for us, of course, uh, one of the best uh, promoters uh, what there can be at the moment. Um, we we always scout for the, those kind of horses, and we were really happy and lucky to find Leona Jai. And, uh, you know, we, we straight away had a feel it would be a perfect match for Martin. And, uh, you know, that's what it made, uh, made, made, made it possible. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's for, uh, we are super proud to be part of that, of course, also. And, uh, and that keeps the contact also close. And hopefully we can do some more good things in the future with them also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have one question I mean two particular questions um, that are going to go more on the on the south side so talking about about this operation with Martin Fox what is what are you looking for when you come to like a good match between the rider and the horse like how do you go about finding the horses to invest in how do you know where to place them like this is much more of a subconscious thing but over the years in the eye that you develop but if you have to put words on it how would you describe it um, well, <laughs> it's a saying from my dad and my uncle, what we learned uh, from them. Uh, if you don't have the horse, then don't sell them a horse, just, just to sell it. Um, I think you should re it's what's really important to know, and that's also what we discussed a little bit about before, uh, when you asked me uh, about some horses, and that I wanted to have a feel with the rider, because I think it's very important to know a little bit what 
kind of rider we are looking for uh, because for sure every horse is different every rider is different so you really want to find that perfect match uh, you know it's not said that the horse uh, a is, is working for rider b and the other way around i mean it can be a super match uh, the other way around so the key thing is is to find that horse and then think about what would be the perfect rider to that horse and then hope you can put that puzzle together that it's going to work out so yeah uh, it's a lot of challenges but it's a lot of fun uh, you know sometimes you're right from the beginning sometimes maybe not directly sometimes it takes takes a little work uh, to get there but uh, yeah I would say in most cases uh, we're really trying to make uh, make the best match uh, so uh, uh, yeah luckily it works out most of the time yeah yeah I mean it's, it's also from both sides of the equation like I'm sure the radio has his feedback to provide and his ability to say yes I, I do like the feeling because one thing that I find interesting in sales and that's something that I've been facing a lot and that has really really challenged me in the creation of like my sales operations we're new to the market. I'm very young. I come with this like much, you know, more digital perspective onto it. And mm. the thing that I didn't think about when I launched it is actually 90% of the decision is made when they sit on the horse on whether or not this horse feels good to ride. Mm. And it's very difficult to put in place at the beginning when you don't know how everything kind of works out. So I think it's, it's pretty brilliant that you have this capacity to say, hey, I think this horse suits and that most of the time it works out. That's a skill that's a lot of time, I'm sure, to, to basically develop. Um, it's basically like the experience. Because I understand you, you said like, okay, we sell a horse, we go visit the clients, and we take care of yeah, making sure that everything kind of is really, really, really well throughout the sales and after the sales, making sure the clients are very happy with us in general. Um, when it comes to, to the process, do you guys involve yourself in advising the clients from start to finish, meaning... From the moment in which they ask you for okay, hey, we've got this until the horses and then you're home, do you participate in the overall transaction and after? No, no. I mean, to, uh, to come back to that also a little bit. I mean, you never, you, you're never hundred percent. You know, you never, uh, you know, you're working with an animal. I mean, you're working with health of a, of an animal. Um, uh, you're working with a person. You know, the person can also change, maybe get better or get get worse in his development as a rider. Uh, I mean, uh, we have people over here also, and, and they just look to results, and, and they are just saying like, yeah, but uh, we are looking for a horse like that, and that one has done uh, more or less or, or whatsoever, and then they think it's not the right horse to buy, but it could be the perfect match, and that's quite hard, what you say. It's something you have to develop to also um, not convince the people, but basically the people has to convince themselves that they have to buy something maybe different than what's in their head. Uh, because uh, they, they, they need maybe something different than what they want at that moment. But, okay, then in the end, you know, uh, I think we have to be realistic enough to, to say, like, okay, if you want that kind of horse, we don't want to sell it to you because you're not ready for that horse yet, for example. Uh, but, of course, you have to be careful with that and you have to also be, uh, be, be, be aware of, of that it can go right or wrong. But what we for sure try, we always want, of course, that it goes well. So whenever we have to uh, go or, or see and, and, and show them and help them a little bit, uh, because we know the horses, what, what we have sold. So that's, that's, uh, 
a big plus for us also that we can maybe help in, in the development of, of making it work together. So yes, uh, there uh, we are always there if they have questions or if they want us to come and help or, or, or something, uh, you know, and in the end, uh, for sure, if it doesn't work out, you're trying to find the solution. Uh, the solution is not always there, not always there on the table. That's also the hard thing a little bit, you know, you, you, you sell a horse and you know how it is at that point, but you don't know what you get maybe after a year. Maybe it had yeah, bad yeah. experiences. Uh, and then uh, I think also the people have to be uh, realistic about uh, what's going on. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, uh, uh, you know, if you, if, you, if, you, if you buy a product that you want to use, it doesn't keep the value. If you use it in the like in the right way, it won't lose so much value. But it, it's something what is very hard to explain. Um, it's something you have to yeah you have to understand a little bit as a horse person. And I think most of the top riders uh, and top sport sporters in the world they know what that means. That that is for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like, I think one of the the very very difficult side of the sport also is is like it ultimately we're selling an animal, isn't it? It's not like we're selling something that it is the way you say it is one day. It can go yeah. totally different upon the client's yeah. riding, the client's training program. Yeah. Anything can go wrong. And even sometimes you've got a situation where something goes wrong and you don't know where it comes from. So I think that we shouldn't forget that we are selling animals with emotions that are ridden. Yeah. So there's so many factors that can make it either a success or, or kind of a, a failure. But I think that when you have such a business like yours and such a big reach and also so many horses in the barn, you guys, if you're mm -hmm. selling a horse of yours, there is the possibility to kind of always, you know, find a solution in a much easier perspective than someone like me could find a solution because we don't really have a backup horse, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. that, that there's, there's a lot of, I would say, value to that as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, in first place, you always try to uh, find find the right click because, I mean, in, in, in the end, uh, I think it's many, many horses which get sold, uh, which are maybe not the right horse. And that's why I, why the lesson, what I learned also from, from my, my dad and my uncle, that you really, uh, like, if you if you really don't know uh, if it's a click for the rider and, and, uh, and, and the horse, then maybe you should not be pushing it to, to let it go through. Um, if they really want it themselves and they really are like, no, but you know, I think it's better, I think it's gonna be better. Okay, I mean, at one point you cannot maybe hold them or stop them, but uh, mostly, mostly I think uh, it's uh, up to the trainer of the rider, and that you see a lot, of course, with America to also feel what we try to feel as if it's a match, yes or no. And, of course. Uh, and that is uh, the most important. Of course, of course. I think the trainer's piece is, is a very delicate one to manage but yeah. ultimately they pay a, they pay a play a very very interesting and risky part of the of the deal so i think it's yeah. it's all about it's all about also working with the right people because i think yeah. that when you work with the right people these problems don't really arise there's always communication and and everything and um i'm not going to take so much more of the time i just have one last question because i know yeah. you super busy and you probably still have a lot of things to do um knowing that you guys are quite a big international international success in terms of like branding um you as you say you have the, the prefix of the of Hendrix coming up in, in in show but you know a fairly international marketing with the right riders what would you consider the main values of the brand that you guys are trying to put across um the branding and the marketing that you put out there uh it's very simple it's the horses 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it's a complete picture, you know. It's uh, we we. Uh, I think we really try to put up a, a, a quality horse. I think our main goal is finding those quality young ones and uh, bring them up to a level. Uh, I think everyone in the in the in the in the world knows that we are really trying to look for the best, and we have different events what we also use for that uh, we have of course the star hendrix competition which is a competition for young horses we have the uh, the dutch porter sale which uh, we use to also sell a couple of our best young ones uh, in a uh, on uh, online and live auction sale um, and then of course we have our event where we also run a show where we really want to also uh, show that we want to run an event, a uh, competition event, and show our young ones there. Uh, so there's different ways of how, how we like to show it. And of course, in the end, for, for our marketing, it's good if our horses do well with the clients where we sell it to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's nothing better than than doing this exactly exact thing, being honest and, and taking care of the entire process and making sure that happy people bring other yeah. potential customers because I think that that this is what it is it's trust and word of mouth um, yeah, absolutely. Tim, thank you so much for your time I will definitely reach back out for other things in the future I really want to see if we can get to to working together and uh, I'm excited to see what happens and, and maybe I should come come visit you guys in Holland uh, uh, we're always welcome and uh, you're welcome to come and watch the places and you get a, even a bit better picture of it so uh, absolutely for sure. always for welcome sure. Super stuff. Well, thank Good. you so much. Have a lovely day. Thank you also. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. How was that? Please tell me that you learned a lot. You got amazing insights, so many new opportunities to get involved in the sport, and that you're super excited to hear our next episode. In the meantime, I really advise you to follow us on Instagram, check us on LinkedIn, and of course, don't forget to check out our catalog of horses for sale. If you're a seller, you want to sell horses, you want to get involved in the marketing of your horses to the international pool of clients that we have, or that you're a buyer looking for a very nice prospect. You've got very specific needs, you want things to be done the right way, well, get in touch with us at hello at bridal.co. Have a good evening. See you soon. Ciao.